Peace Corps gives us a chance to show a side of our country which is too often submerged. Our desire to live in peace, our desire to be of help. There can be no greater service to our country and no source of pride more real than to be a member of the Peace Corps of the United States. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the My Peace Corps Story podcast. My name is Tyler Lloyd, and this is my podcast where I help tell the stories of current and returned Peace Corps volunteers. Earlier this month, I released an episode about the podcast coming back after taking a break and announced my plans to be doing uh, monthly episodes. Uh, This episode is coming out uh, sooner. I'm releasing an episode sooner, and it is on a topic that I never could have fathomed uh, that I would be doing, Uh, but I... I reached out to the the current uh, Peace Corps community, the volunteers, as they were being evacuated for COVID-19, and I had some amazing volunteers send me voice memos uh, to that allowed me to put together this episode to share with you today. Uh, so I, I hope you guys in, enjoy it and enjoy hearing uh, the stories of these volunteers and gain a better understanding of what they went through. Um, it's a constantly evolving situation and even as volunteers are being evacuated and return home uh, it's going to be a very very difficult time and I'll, I'll talk about that throughout this episode I don't want to talk too much I want to let these stories shine and so here is uh, the first story that I have for you guys a volunteer who reached out who was evacuated from Mongolia which actually happened uh several, several weeks ago um, before all the other posts were, were closed down. So this is, is her story of, of what she experienced. Hello, uh, my name is Sabina. Uh, my country of service was Mongolia, and I was a TEFL volunteer. I was set to serve from... 2018 to 2020. So I had about six months left before evacuation. When and how did I hear about evacuation? Um, I was in my apartment checking my emails, uh, refreshing my emails, and when I hit the refresh button, we received an email from our country director informing us that we were about to depart the country. Um, None of us really saw the evacuation coming, so it was a bit of a shock to all of us. Um, What was I doing? I was watching Netflix, (laughs) and I received the email that we were evacuating. Um, Schools in Mongolia had been already closed for two months. Um, Mongolia was very ahead in preventing the coronavirus outbreak. So, um, and, or a part of their effort was to close schools to uh, protect children and teachers from spreading germs and such. So uh, most volunteers were not going to school and were trying to do whatever we could to work remotely from home. Uh, already for about two months. Um, yeah. Uh, before being evacuated, was I concerned about COVID-19? Um, no, 
especially in Mongolia, quarantines happen more often, I would say. For example, the year before, um, in 2018, I believe, or 2019, I had already been quarantined in my province for an outbreak of um, the plague, the Black Plague, <laughs> um, which still happens in Mongolia. So I already had a bit of a quarantine scare. And because of that, I was really unconcerned about COVID-19. I did, however, start to get more concerned when I saw how more widespread the quarantines were getting, not just in Mongolia, but across the world. And then I started to realize it was a little more serious. Um, not that the Black Plague isn't serious, but it's harder to spread than COVID-19. Um, my community was very sad that uh, all volunteers were leaving. Um, I had two teachers, well... At first, we were informed that we had 24 hours to pack our things. So I called my two of my teachers, and they both rushed over to say goodbye to me. Um, and one of them was very sad. And I just had to explain, you know, this is uh, all of Peace Corps is going, or all volunteers are going. And, you know, it's not my decision. It's Peace Corps' decision. And... Um, yeah, they were very sad. And then it was also frustrating because at first we got told we had 24 hours to pack our things, but then 24 hours turned into three days. And uh, there's a big difference, you know, between 24 hours and three days. And 24 hours, you don't have much time to say goodbyes, but in three days, you have a little more time to do that. And um, yeah, so everyone was sad and probably a little bit in shock, but they're also very understanding, especially in Mongolia, as to why we were leaving. Um, they wanted us to be safe, and they understood that Peace Corps was taking a precaution. Um, prior to evacuation, um, I'm not really sure what I was feeling. Um, it was kind of hard for me personally being at site with uh, no work and also being so far away from family and um, it was hard because I understood why we were taking such strict precautions to keep everybody safe in Mongolia. And, you know, it makes sense why Mongolia was so concerned because we were a country that was right next to China. Um, but it was hard. Uh, it was difficult not having a lot of work at site, um, and trying to stay busy. Um, so prior to evacuation, uh, I'm not really sure what I was feeling. I think uh, just a little bit, maybe some tiredness from being at site and just hoping that uh, the COVID-19 stuff would blow over. And I'm still hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that uh, social distancing and flattening the curve and all this stuff that we're being told to do, if we all practice it well, will help us get life a little more back to normal and will help save lives. You know, it's interesting to see how Peace Corps handles evacuation and uh, to see all the kind of miscommunication that happens. And it's hard to be mad at any single one person, you know. Um, I think in times of emergency, they kind of just have to think on their feet so things don't go perfectly and things don't go as planned. Um, it's still hard, but um, it's also kind of hard to be mad at at anyone or anything when it's happening. 
Um, and I think the only thing that I would leave us with is to, uh, you know, now we receive news that every program is being evacuated. And, um, I think my main worry now is the future of Peace Corps and, um, hoping that all the volunteers come home safe. And especially now that we're being asked to travel, um, through airports, uh, is a little daunting, but yeah, my concern now is the future of Peace Corps and, you know, how is the government going to respond to all of us being back home at once? And um, when will volunteers who are going back to site, when will they get back to site? Will they get back to site? Um, and just ensuring that our program continues running um, because I don't want a lot of people to lose too much faith in Peace Corps now that we were all evacuated, you know, our communities um, across the world. And, you know, I just hope that volunteers, when they return, continue to advocate for Peace Corps and uh, continue to find meaningful work here um, and support communities here while they can. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit of my story. I hope it was helpful. And uh, thanks for reaching out. Goodbye. And because I reached out early on uh, in all of this and in the first 12 hours of it being announced, uh, things have changed. And uh, Sabina wanted to provide uh, some additional information as she's learned more about the situation uh, in other volunteers and other posts. So she sent me this voice memo uh, to, to add on uh, to her story. So here, here again is Sabina. Hello, this is Sabina returning um, to my voiceover. I actually had two points to clarify from the original voice memo. The first being as to why Mongolia was evacuated. So as we all know, China was the first to be evacuated, but Peace Corps was wanting to end the China program anyways. Um, but at, right after China, it was Mongolia. And we to clear up some confusion... We were not necessarily evacuated because of the spread, the virus spreading or fears of the virus. Um, we were evacuated because of flight cancellations that allowed us to get directly to South Korea and Thailand, but more specifically Thailand for medical evacuations. So once the Bangkok airport closed, which um, is where our medical hospital was, uh, it was deemed unsafe for us to be in country because we had no way to get out for medical evacuation. So that was the main reason why we left country. Um, I know I spoke in my original voiceover about quarantines, but that was actually why Mongolia was evacuated. Now, I don't know, I can't speak for every other post. I know that the global evac is happening because of the spread of COVID-19. Um, however, I just wanted to clarify that for Mongolia specifically, and it seems like a, a lot of other posts after us were also getting evacuated due to travel restrictions and travel bans. So just to clarify that up, um, I know the global evac is due to COVID-19. Um, the second point I want to clarify is that I had talked about how, um, uh, previously in my first voice memo, how there was nothing to, or it was hard to be mad at anyone or anything. However, um, 
That was before I knew of the existence of the COVID-19 EVAC Facebook support group. Um, and I was seeing all these stories of volunteers who, uh, did not receive any readjustment allowance, maybe volunteers who are stuck in country, uh, volunteers who are worried about health insurance, and volunteers who have no sufficient place to self-quarantine upon returning to America. And that I do think is problematic. So I just wanted to put it out there that if you know a PCV who's coming home and you want to support us uh, who are returning, please write to your Congress or Senate members advocating for our situation. Um, yeah, it's really scary to be coming home and not have a place to be. You've already lost your job, um, and to now have all these things compounding is just really terrible when, uh, yeah, uh, during this time anyways. So if that's how you would like to support, please do that. There's a couple of advocacy groups going around, which I'm sure Tyler would talk about, but yeah, this has been editing Sabina coming back with this memo. So I hope these two points clarified two of my previously stated positions. All right. Thank you. Goodbye. Yes. If, if you, I, I agree with Sabina, uh, that if, if you are in a position to help, uh, Peace Corps volunteers that are returning home, uh, please do so. Uh, the Facebook group that she mentioned, uh, you can find it if you go to mypeacecorestory.com uh, slash COVID, uh, C-O-V-I-D. And it'll be for this episode, and I'll have links to that Facebook group and other resources, uh, the the peacecorps.gov page where they have information on this and anything else that uh, the National Peace Corps Association is doing. I know they're doing a lot of efforts right now to actually reach out to Congress to ensure that Peace Corps volunteers are provided with uh, the resources they need during this difficult time, whether it be housing so they can quarantine themselves, Volunteers could be coming back to family members who are older or who have compromised immune systems and may not be able to quarantine themselves safely with their families uh, and making sure that they have a place or are compensated so they can rent a place for that, uh, ensuring that they have money. Uh, while they're coming back, uh, it's it's hard enough coming back as a Peace Corps volunteer under normal circumstances if you don't have a, a job lined up, which most volunteers don't, going into school. Uh, and right now is not a good time to be looking for a job, uh, especially I know a lot of volunteers in my group, you know, you go back into the, the service industry for a little bit while you search for something uh, maybe a little bit more permanent or while applying to school, well, those jobs that Peace Corps volunteers can easily slip into, they don't exist right now. So if you want to know more about how you can help support current volunteers, uh, definitely go to mypeacecorestory.com slash COVID. And for this next interview that I have here is from a volunteer who was a Peace Corps trainee, so still in uh, their training in, in Ecuador. So here. Uh, here's the voice memo that they sent. Hi, my name is Jana Cunyon. I was a PCT, a Peace Corps trainee, serving in Ecuador. 
um, and I was a TEFL volunteer. So I had spent uh, nine weeks um, in Ecuador. We were a week away from swearing in um, when the evacuation was called. Um, it was all pretty shocking, to be honest. Um, we'd been monitoring the situation from afar. Actually, my brother was um, teaching in China, and he had gone home at the end of January and was probably he was a teacher there and he was told by his school um that they were closing indefinitely and so he came back four days later um so he was living at home and he was trying to figure things out and i remember thinking like wow that was so that was so sudden so drastic and i remember hearing about the quarantine that was already happening there and you know i just thought as it wasn't going to affect ecuador especially since ecuador is such a small country um I easily thought, you know, the biggest countries in Latin America would be affected. Mexico, Colombia, Brazil, Argentina, especially. Argentina's um, heavily Italian. Um, yeah, I just didn't think Ecuador was going to be as affected as it was. Um, and then next thing I knew, <laughs> um, Ecuador is leading Latin America in cases. Um so the messages, the, the messages from Peace Corps staff were pretty, uh, frequent. Um, they, but they changed a lot. We were first told, I think Sunday that we were in going to buy, going to be in standby. Um, which means that, um, we were going to be in quarantine for, for three weeks. We, we, my family, my host family in specific in particular, um, they, we have, our abuelo and abuela are in their 90s, and we have one woman, my host aunt, um, who has breast cancer. And so they said, you cannot leave this. We live in a conjunto, our little like um, complex where we share a driveway, but the, we couldn't go past the, the gate at the end of the driveway. And so we were we were ready to be quarantined. We were complaining, of course, um, which now feels silly that we were complaining about being quarantined. Um and then a few hours later, we were told that we'd be evacuating. We were terribly upset. It was like devastating. It was complete shock. We we didn't think the Peace Corps was going to want to, to put us through airports. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we were told, okay, st- um, we're going to stand by for 48 hours. And then it switched to a matter of like 12 hours, I think, we were told we were leaving the next day at 7 a.m. And then what happened was we went to bed that night. We packed. We were crying. We couldn't even function. Um, and then we went to bed. And then my friend, next thing I know, I, I slept for maybe, for maybe an hour. went to bed at 11.30. My friend came in at 12.30, banging on my door. She's like, Jana, we have to go. We have to go. Quito's closing the roads. Um, we have to, we're leaving in an hour. <laughs> and so, you know, I sprung up out of bed. I, I quickly just, you know, pack my, pack my little carry on bag. Um, I go, we, we go into the driveway. It's still dark outside. My host mom or all of our host moms, I love two of their volunteers, like in a, in a big family and all of our host moms, our host aunts are crying. They're, they're signing the cross over our heads. They're hugging us goodbye. They're squeezing our hands. They're saying, cuídense, cuídense, which means be careful. Dios le bendiga, which means God bless you. Um, and it, next thing I know, we're like, we're in a, we're in a bus. And then we take, I took four flights to get home and now we're here. Um, and it all feels pretty, um, 
pretty surreal to be back. Um, yeah, I, the thing that, the thing, like, Ecuador has been really careful about it. Ecuador, I feel like, um, you know, in the airport in Guayaquil, people, they use laser thermometers to take our temperatures. They managed to take hand sanitizer. And weirdly enough, none of that happened in any of the airports I went through in the U.S. Atlanta, Miami, and White Plains, there was none of that. Um, yeah, I, I think that something that they that hasn't been talked about. I I don't know. I haven't seen anything about it. I imagine it's because it's, they did the same thing in Italy too, but in Latin America, people always um, kiss when they greet each other and they always share drinks when like, they're drinking alcohol. Um, and I don't know that these social practices um, have been addressed. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I just, I'm really I'm shocked to be home. Every Sometimes like some hours I'll be okay and the next hour I'll start crying. It's all been really strange. We've been, we've been reassured a few times, like you're going to go back. You're going to go back. We're already, we're already planning on how you're getting back. Um, yeah. So that's my story. Oh, I, I think that I forgot to add, um, how many years I was intending to be a volunteer. Um, because I hadn't sworn in yet, I was intending to be there for two years in Ecuador. Jenna, thank you for for sharing your story. And it's just so crazy to think about how quickly all of this evolved and we're changing on the ground within these countries. Uh, it almost it really sounds like a, like a war was breaking out, uh, civil unrest with closing down the streets and how everything uh, was just very rushed and last minute. And uh, just the imagery of uh, hosts, uh, mothers and fathers, you know, crying and giving the sign of cross uh, as these volunteers were leaving is is very gut wrenching and and hard for me to hear. And I I can't imagine uh, what it was like to go through that. Um, but I I thank you for for sharing that story. And then uh, it's also a little bit maddening to hear uh, how it was being handled in the United States once you got back in the airports and just the. The, the lack of precautions um, that have, have been going on here in the United States with slowing the spread. Um, so it, thank you for, for sharing that as well. And, and moving on to the, the next story uh, that I got, it was from a, a volunteer who was also a trainee uh, in, in Thailand. Um, and this, this is their story. Sawadee Ka, my name is Victoria Melendez and I'm a volunteer from Peace Corps Thailand in the youth and development sector. And I plan to, I plan to be a volunteer here for two years. Um, however, when I heard about the evacuation, I was in the middle of studying right before I had to take my LPI exam during pre-service training. So, I found out about the evacuation 30 minutes prior to my LPI exam. And the way we found out was one of the volunteers saw on the Peace Corps website um, the post about the director closing all, all the posts um, and sending everybody home. And 
yeah that was that was hard especially because we were just about to finish our service not our, our service our pre-service training and I was going to find out my permanent site literally that afternoon and we were all super excited um before being evacuated, were you at all concerned about COVID-19? Yes, um, we definitely were concerned about COVID-19, especially being here in Thailand, um, which is very close to China. Uh, we had heard about China being evacuated and closed, Mongolia being closed, and a lot of other countries being evacuated afterwards. Uh, we were nervous that the country would go into a pandemic mode. We were nervous about traveling just to our permanent sites, especially because our counterpart conference was canceled um, because it was too much of a risk to fly in all of our counterparts from all over Thailand into one area. Um, our swearing-in ceremony got changed twice. Um, and that was difficult. Um, how was your community's response to your evacuation? It was honestly devastating. Um, our country director wanted nothing more than to us finish our PST, swear in, and embark on this new journey for the two years and doing our service and the Thai staff worked endlessly and so hard on training us and preparing things and helping us with integrating into our communities, speaking with our host families and it just it was really difficult to hear very abruptly that we were going to be evacuated um when I told my host family, they were so upset. I was upset. Um, they joked that, oh, we can adopt you and you can stay here or we'll put you up in a hotel. And it was so sweet and so nice. And I, we all literally want nothing more than to stay. But yeah, we have to go. So um how were you feeling about your service prior to evacuation? I was so excited. I, we were literally going to take our LPI exams, have a medical review, and then we were going to find out our permanent sites um, that we would stay in for the next two years of our service. And we had been waiting for this day for so long. We were going to swear in on Friday and then move to our sites and I was so excited. I had been dreaming of being a Peace Corps volunteer since I was in high school. This was my plan. This was everything I wanted to do and I finally did it. Like I spoke it into existence and all I could really do was just finish my PST. Um, so yeah, everyone was, everyone was super hype 
They were so excited. The staff was excited. Um, our families were excited to see where we were going to go. Um, if it was like too far to come visit or, or just meet up one day. Um, but yeah, um, it's definitely unexpected, but when you join Peace Corps, I think the thing that you get told the most is to just roll with what's ever thrown to you. And we've really been rolling with it every single day for the past two and a half months. And we're all devastated that we have to go home, especially when we just finished our service. And now is when we really get to not our, our pre-service training. And now is when we really get to go out into our communities and, and just actually do it, like actually get in there and do what we came to do. And um, yeah, we were really looking forward to it. So I think everyone's been so, so supportive, though. There are Facebook pages with um, RPCVs um, that are opening up their homes to evacuees that don't have anywhere to go to um, or if someone just needs like a meal. So I'm really... It's it's really heartfelt and it shows like how much Peace Corps is a family. And even though I just entered Peace Corps and I just became an official volunteer yesterday and an RPCV a half hour after that, it's like really, it's really good to know that you have all of these people here for you and who somewhat understand what's going on and you have like a support system when when we go back I go back tomorrow um and it's um it's bittersweet but I think we're all trying to stay positive and hope that this COVID-19 blows over quickly and will be able to be reinstated soon and hopefully come back. It sounds like everyone, for the most part, wants to come back and we want to finish what we started. And we have unfinished business here. We have relationships we have yet to make and so many that we made already. And the kids here are amazing. I love working with these kids and yeah. It's rough, but I know that when I go home, I have support at home and here because I definitely have to stay in touch with my host family and the Thai staff and all the other volunteers that I was training with for the past two and a half months. And I'm not excited for this 14-day quarantine, but I'm going to roll with it. So, yeah. This is this has been my experience so far and hopefully I get to eventually come back and finish and do what I came here to do. Me and Thailand have unfinished business, so they'll definitely see me again here. Victoria, I I I hope you're able to return 
soon uh, to Thailand. Um, I don't know what soon is going to be. It seems like time is is relative at, at this point, given how how things are, are moving. Um, I've been teleworking this past week, and my whole perception of time is just completely uh, turned upside down. And I, I hope that, that you're now back home, uh, safe and sound. When you recorded this, you were still in Thailand. And just thank you for taking the time to to share yeah, your story and your experience. And I, I, I just hope that, yeah, Peace Corps isn't over for you. Um, you said that this was something that, that you wanted to do for, for such a long time. It's just crazy to think to go from being a Peace Corps trainee to a Peace Corps volunteer, to a return Peace Corps volunteer, uh, in a matter of hours, is is just crazy. Um, but but thank you for for sharing your story in the midst of being being evacuated. And here's here's the next story that I have uh, to share with you all um, from a a Peace Corps volunteer um, who was serving. In the Philippines. Okay. My name is Jane Danlag. I am in Peace Corps Philippines, uh, CYF sector, Children, Youth, and Families. And I was planning on serving until around September of 2021. And we got here in June, July? July. We got here in July of 2019. Um, We first heard about the evacuation last week, um, but it was um, mostly thinking that they were leaning towards it or considering it, or it was probably as of Monday, it was just something on the table. And then things rapidly escalated to the point where by Friday we were all being consolidated in Manila and Cebu. Um, When I heard about the evacuation, I was coming home from work um, from where my host family lives in Naga. And I was going towards my apartment in Cebu. um, And then I found out and just started sobbing, sobbing. Um, Before being evacuated, uh, I was not concerned at all about COVID. I mean, I was concerned in a global sense, but in a personal way, I wasn't. Um, There weren't many, there aren't, I think, still cases in Cebu in this area. And um, mostly in Manila is where they were doing more of the shutdowns and closings. So I didn't really have any scope of how bad and hectic it was getting um, in other areas. Uh, And yeah, it wasn't really affecting me at all. There are some people wearing face masks more than usual, but not to the point where I was like, oh my goodness. Um, My community's response to my evacuation has been... Everyone's really sad. Uh, Unfortunately, since my host family and um, other things are in South Cebu, uh, I wasn't able to say goodbye to my host family in person or say goodbye um, to the girls at the shelter that I was working at. Um, So that's been upsetting and I'm still 
going to Skype with them maybe next week when I'm home. Um, before all of this was happening, there's always that, there's that Peace Corps line graph of like where you're at in your service and we were hitting like seven months. So everyone's finally like settling in and getting in a flow with work usually around this time. And I felt the same way. I feel, I, I still feel I want to be here so badly. Felt like I was doing a lot of good work and I was with a lot of people that I was so happy to call my friends. And I finally understood the city and more of the language and I was ready to get my life going more and more routine was being built for the next two years. Um, anything else? Oh gosh. So we're on admin hold here. And so that means for our batch, it's kind of uncertain. They told us that we would have a 30 day um, period and then they would reassess the situation. And staff seems really hopeful and there are a lot of volunteers who feel really hopeful, but there's also a lot of volunteers who are not going to be coming back. Um, and I know that already. Ooh, sorry. I shouldn't eat a chip. I shouldn't eat a chip during this time. Well, I'm just stupid right now from all this stress, but that's all. Those are the answers. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Jane, you're going to, you're going to have, please don't hate me for leaving in that chip part. Uh, but that's probably going to be the only little bit of, of humor uh, in this episode. And I don't know, I've, I've definitely taken a, a somber tone um, up until this point, um, because this this does feel very somber um, for, for me, uh, just constantly hitting refresh on the news, you know, trying to separate myself uh, from it and just stay connected uh, to friends, family, and loved ones. Um, but <laughs> thank you for eating that chip. Um, you, you probably bought a, a lot of smiles to, to people's, uh, faces, um, during, during this difficult time. Um, but it's, it's just so crazy to hear how the different posts have, have handled it, uh, with, you know, Mongolia being, uh, very quick to to evacuate, just given the the lack of access in the in the region uh, for airports and the situation that was going on there, um, volunteers not even swearing in who were in training to swearing in and then being RPCVs, and then now being on on admin hold. It sounds like in the Philippines. I don't know if that's changed uh, because things are changing so quickly. But it's just crazy to hear how differently it's uh, unraveled in in every single country. And then I have one one more volunteer story uh, to share with you all. Uh, and and here is that. So hopefully you 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 enjoy it just as much as you have enjoyed all these other ones and in this episode so far. My name is Pamela Ludwig. My country of service is Kyrgyzstan, also known as the Kyrgyz Republic. I am in the education sector. I started service July of 2019 and was planning on completing in September of 2021. I heard about evacuation on Monday, the 16th, right after it was announced. I was very surprised and I was just sitting in my bed ready to go to work and train some of my teachers 
and um, I read the text message that was shared with some other volunteers. Before evacuation, we were not really concerned about it. We knew that there was a possibility, but we hadn't gone to any of the stages of security yet. And our country director had assured us that she didn't have any plan on suspending us or disrupting any of our activities. So it it was a shock, but it was also not in a way because we, we saw what was happening and how things were getting more serious. My community was also very surprised, especially because we had no confirmed cases in our country. It was difficult, especially in simplified English and in uh, the Kyrgyz language, which I'm not very strong in, to explain that this was, for one, a, a global decision, and it didn't really depend on whether the country was high at risk or not, and also that it wasn't so much the direct concern of us contracting the virus, but more of the peripheral concerns of transportation issues and uh, overcrowded hospitals if we did have a, a unrelated emergency related to medical medical needs. They were very sad that I was going to go, but they also have really uh, leaned into the concept of suspension and they're hoping that I can come back. And I'm hoping that as well. Prior to service, prior to evacuation, I was feeling very confident and very optimistic about my service. I really, really enjoy my job here and my work as a career TEFL instructor. This was just another really wonderful um, position that I was really falling in love with. And I was really enjoying the opportunity that Peace Corps was providing that I was training teachers. I was going into a different realm of my career, even though most people do Peace Corps just out of college. Um, as a 38-year-old, having had so many years in the field already, this was really a, a step in a different direction for me. It was, um, def- it felt like a promotion, and I was really enjoying that. And uh, now I have a lot of uncertainty, especially as an older volunteer, uh, it's really starting to sink in that I've lost my job and I won't have income coming in for I don't know how long. As a career TEFL instructor in other situations, if it was just a problem within the country or within the company, I could easily find work in another country doing the same same uh, in the same field doing the same work but now that's not really an option because nobody is hiring and I'm not sure if I would be able to go abroad with the plane situation with the international transport so there's a lot of different emotions and uh, a lot of different negative things that we're feeling right now in addition to saying goodbye to a con- community that we've really integrated in worked so hard to understand the language and to understand the culture and to really capitalize on our what we can give as well and uh, maintaining those relationships because school was suspended for students the day I found out I didn't even get to tell my classes goodbye so that was also very difficult. Pamela, thank you for providing your story and your unique perspective 
and it's, I'm pretty sure I've already said this, but it's been so interesting to hear um, each volunteer's story and perspective. And even though uh, Peace Corps is currently evacuated across the world, uh, please don't stop sharing your stories, um, the stories of our our service and the current situation and what we're going through are extremely important. Um, st- stories uh, help us connect to other people. That's why I do this podcast. Uh, so please don't stop sharing your story. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're part of the Peace Corps community, uh, whether that be a current volunteer, a return volunteer, uh, please, please share this episode to get the voices and stories of Peace Corps volunteers out. Share it um, with others. Uh, if you want to know more about the current situation as it's unraveling, uh, I'll try to provide updates or at least those links that I said that I would include over at mypeacecorestory.com slash COVID. Uh, they'll have up-to-date information. And let's just keep the dialogue going. Um, if you want to hear more episodes, I know you might be fatigued uh, about hearing uh, about uh, the current pandemic and, and just want to escape it. Um, but if you want to hear uh, another episode, maybe following up with these volunteers as they're in quarantine, uh, please let me know or, or other volunteers and I can see if I can uh, pull that together um, with, with the support, of course, of uh, those who are going through it. And I, I thank um, the five volunteers who provided me with these audio clips to help put this uh, show together. Um, this has always been a, a podcast where I rely on the Peace Corps community. Um, when people come on the show, I always tell them that while the the podcast is mine, I'm the one who puts it together, each and every individual episode is owned by the person who comes on the show to share their story. Uh, and so I didn't do much editing at all um, for this episode. I wanted to keep uh, their responses as they were provided completely intact um, t- to help tell their story. And I, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it provided you with some some information and ideas uh, for those volunteers who are, have been abruptly returned if you've listened to it hopefully you feel a little bit more connected to to others and definitely stay connected to the Peace Corps community um, the volunteers that you were serving with the trainees you were serving with and your local Peace Corps community as well um, I know that there's groups across the country that have been trying to pull together resources for volunteers who have been evacuated. So definitely stay connected um, because even though you may be in quarantine, you are not alone. Um, so definitely uh, keep the, the communication open. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, my name is Tyler Lloyd. Uh, this is my Peace Corps Story podcast where I tell the stories of current returned and now evacuated volunteers. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much for the support that you've given the show. If you want to follow me on Facebook, search my Peace Corps story on Instagram at my Peace Corps story. Always listen and subscribe on pretty much every single platform you can listen to a podcast on. Uh, This podcast isn't going away. I don't know what 
amount of regularity I'll be releasing episodes. Um, I was planning to do them once a month, but things have changed. Uh, but I, I'm not going to stop sharing the Peace Corps story. Thank you very much. Until next time, remember, every volunteer has a story. What's yours? <laughs>